There they are. The Daves. Old people in cars. It's Big Jim's Garage here in the B-Pod Network. And uh, coming up today, we're going to talk about small cars. I want to get into that as well. I've been test driving Mazda 3s, Corollas, and stuff as well. Also, uh, COVID-19 and young people affecting their, their car buying habits. But Michael Martinez is with us at the Automotive News. Good morning, Michael. How are you, man? We're doing well. How about you? Fantastic. I wanted to have you on, and we're going to touch on all those things. And um, But I really wanted to get into the Bronco. So after all this hype and buildup, we're going to get, it looks like, a virtual unveiling in July, right? That's right. Yeah, it's. Um, you've seen this thing by now. Uh, you could argue we should have seen it a long time ago. We've been waiting on it for five years. Uh, but finally, after all the issues with the pandemic and you know the everybody's having to scramble to figure out their plans, we're going to see it uh, next month. So are we? And, and I know we've always heard those the Bronco Sport, the two door, and then the four door. And we've been seeing like the the videos that they show that that Ford released last week of of the Bronco and you know going off roading mudding it looks like somewhere here in the state of Michigan um, I've seen you're seeing the four the four door version are they going to roll that out first now uh, I believe we'll, we'll see everything um, you know we'll see the four door we'll see the two door there have been some spy shots of the two door circulating and quite honestly we've seen uh, leaked photos of of both vehicles without camo right and um, well we will probably see the Bronco Sport as well uh they were going to do separate reveals before but now the time frame uh, has been so compressed we're going to see them together so 2020 being what it is michael i mean obviously ford has you know openly said they're they're going after the person who wants to buy a jeep wrangler i mean you know even from that design dome presentation we had it feels like forever ago um you know they they haven't they haven't shied away from that do both vehicles target the same audience, or do you? How do you see them segmenting the the, the two door sport versus the full size one? Who are they targeting with each vehicle? Yeah, I believe uh, you know it, it's it's kind of customer uh, who wants to go off roading, whether that's somewhere in Moab or, or campsite or, or things of that nature. Um, and honestly, Ford is really trying to uh, a hard look at. What Jeep's been able to do, not in vehicle sales in that segment, but in terms of accessories, uh, just building excitement for the brand, right? I mean, Jeep is, is synonymous with off-roading, and it has its own dedicated uh, fan base, essentially. Right. And the amount of accessories and, and after-sales, uh, market sales you can get with that vehicle are phenomenal. Holy, such a strong brand name with Ronco, other base. Oh, your phone was dropping out there for a second, Michael. Sorry about that. We got you there. But, um, yeah, so definitely when, when you're talking about the Bronco. So the Bronco, it's not enough. We've seen this in the past. It's not enough just to bring back an iconic name. You have to have the vehicle to back it up. I remember, like, when we, you know, when the Charger first came out, a lot of people went, ah, it's got four doors. It never had four doors before. Or the Blazer came back, and it's not really the Blazer. It's just another SUV, which is fine because it's a great drive. But it's not really a Blazer. So it feels like the the folks of the Bronco, in keeping in light what you're talking about, really want to keep up the Bronco brand as a badass off road vehicle to go at Jeep. Exactly. That's you know they're using a, a, a body on frame. Um, it's going to be built on the same platform as the Ranger, uh, and Bronco Sports is going to be a little different. It's an escape platform for a different kind of customer there. Uh, but they really want to build this thing the right way. And as an example, I think we've talked about this before, uh, the guy in charge of the Bronco, Dave Parasek, he's leading all of Ford's icon vehicles, right? right? The Mustang Bronco. Yeah. And he was the chief engineer on the 50th anniversary Mustang. So he knows what it takes to modernize an icon. 
and they're hoping he can capture that same magic with Bronco. It's it's fun. I mean, it's cool to see the vehicles coming back now that we're seeing the reveals and stuff. And uh, you know, the, the we went from we're in this together to sense of normalcy. That's going to be the new buzzword, right? Everyone's going to have a sense of normalcy. Um, Oh, are, I hope so, yeah. <laughs> but are there other vehicles that we're missing right now that have been revealed? Like Toyota brought out that Sienna. I, I know it's a minivan. Don't 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 laugh at me, but I thought it looked pretty cool the way they refreshed it. Exactly. Yeah, no, it looked great. And that was, I think, you know, the, the couple vehicles that Toyota did there was sort of the first of this new wave of virtual reveals that I think we're going to be seeing throughout the industry. Um, and we'll see how the go goes. I know we have F-150 coming up, too. We should have seen F-150 by now. Right. Uh, we'll see that later this month. So, again, virtual reveals. We'll see how they go. Well, that was one thing I was going to loop back to Ford, um, Michael. Um, like, So we know we have the Raptor. We have the Tremor. They're F-250, you know, the 351. They do their, their big thing. So Ford Performance yeah. is going to have even a bigger role in the Ford Motor Company going forward with all these vehicles, right? Exactly, and that's on purpose. And, you know, we can get into the, the small car conversation here later on. But, uh, you know, it's, it's all about margins for them. And Ford Performance, our they get on vehicles is – Phenomenal, right? People are willing to pay for, like you said, badass, you know, off-road, really uh, high-performing vehicles. Yeah. And that's what we've seen, and they're going to focus on that as well as their, their SUV. Well, and, um, you'd, yeah, you'd mentioned the small car thing. Uh, Michael Martinez with us from the Automotive News. We're talking about the Bronco getting to be unveiled virtually next month. And then we should see this in the showroom Q1 of next year? That's right, yeah, early 2021. Now, and again, we're going to find out, though, are, are – do you think it's a good move to roll them both out at the same time, or do you stagger the launch? Because originally, I was always under the impression that we were going to see the Sport first and then the full-size one next year. Uh, in terms of, of when they go on sale, yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll still see the Sport uh, before the, the big guy. Uh, but in terms of the reveal, they, they really have no other choice. We should have seen both months ago by now, and they're you know the, they're losing time, essentially. Uh, they have to start getting these things uh, production-ready down at their uh, assembly plants. Okay. Uh, you mentioned small cars. The reason I, I wanted to bring this up, Michael, is um, I've spent some time doing reviews for the garage page here, locally here in the Motor City, and uh, I've driven a couple small cars. I had the new Corolla, and then I've also, this week I'm driving a Mazda 3. And it's funny when you're driving these cars and you realize they're both under thirty grand with adaptive cruise control and all the tech that you would want in a Bose sound system. And the Mazda, and both of them, a really comfortable ride, and you start looking around going, did did the U.S. automakers get out of the small market, the small car business, a little too soon? Well, that's the million dollar question, and it's going to be interesting to see, especially how the pandemic affects, uh, you know, what customers want. And if gas prices start to rise, you know, you always wonder, did they pull the plug too soon? But again, it really comes down to margin. It doesn't really come down to sales. It comes down to margin, and they, a lot of these companies were losing money on these small cars, so they they're trying to get more lean, and that's even more imperative so they need to keep oh no go ahead go ahead i was gonna say they need to keep making money the the task to do that right now is trucks and suvs yeah but it was always wasn't always that the 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 template was you sell the small cars to get people into the brand and then you let them work their way up but because of the environment maybe that you like you're saying that they don't have time to wait five ten years for someone to go from a small car to a full-size or a full-size SUV or something. Yeah, that's right. And they would make the argument that you can do that with, you know, really small crossovers, uh, something like the Echo Sport or the Spark, you know, uh, something of that 
size uh, and price point. It's a little bit more expensive than you know your your Focus Fiesta. You know, if we're sticking with the Ford examples, right? Um, but but they think they can get some entry level buyers. Well, let's be honest, Jim. Like they're giving up uh, to these buyers to you know the other automakers, the Toyotas, uh, Hyundai, uh, Kias of the world, right? They're just losing that. They're not. But again, at the end of the day, they think the margin on these other vehicles will more than make up for that. But if they read their history books, this is how you let Toyota get into the market in the first place, right? I mean, this is how they they did it. The, the Honda and them, the, this there was an opening, and they and they saw it and they did it. So if I'm Honda, I'm going to push the hell out of the Civic now. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no denying that you you see, you know, this industry is definitely cyclical, and you go back twenty, thirty years, and some of the same people started favoring the, the large gas guzzler yeah see change to, to fuel efficient uh you know government mandated sort of uh, fuel efficient vehicles and who knows maybe that'll happen again the automakers think this change is here to stay but i mean history doesn't really uh go agree with them there <laughs> but we've seen the you know over over the years and when you see this in any sort of i don't want to say psychographic but i believe that's the right term um you don't want to drive the same car your parents drive. You don't. You, n- no young person wanted to drive a minivan for 30 years. They didn't want to be caught dead in a minivan that their parents had. So yeah. I, it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility for people to go like, a, a young generation to go like, I don't want to drive an SUV. I don't want to drive a CUV. They're all over the place. I call them belly buttons right now because they're everywhere. Um, you know, So maybe the, these small cars have their day coming back around, just what you said, Michael, the cyclical nature of, of the auto industry. And I think another uh, important thing to point out, like you're still going to have the Camaro Challenger. Uh, those aren't going away anytime soon. So if you are, if you do want to rebel, right, and sort of, uh, uh, you know, get something your parents didn't have in the future, you know, the car is the way to go. And it's, I think those are always, you know, be cool. <laughs> And then the other thing was too. There, uh, you wonder like the impact with Uber and you know and your and Lyft rides and stuff. We have a generation, you know, that you know, like my son is in college and I've got a younger one in high school. He has complete. He's so his tra- he he's not sure when he's going to get an Uber because of COVID nineteen. So I would assume that younger twenty to thirty demographic who maybe never really considered a car because they liked ride sharing, they like that, are now looking for a small car or an inexpensive car to ride. Yeah, and that's right. We're this is a completely different conversation than what we'd be having three months ago. Right. right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You're hundred percent right. But and then uh, you, then you see Uber trying to buy DoorDash. So that's the world we are in, right? Wait a minute. Uber's trying to buy DoorDash. Okay. This is all crazy. Um anything else that we should know about Michael as far as I mean, we obviously we touched on the Broncos, it's such a big reveal and such an important one for Ford Motor Company. But other vehicles coming down the pipeline that maybe we're gonna see virtually? Well, again, you have the F-150 for, for all the hype around Bronco. F-150 is still 10 times more important uh, to form oh. bottom. See how they're going to you know, bounce back against uh, FCA and GM uh, with some of the gains they've been able to make with their new trucks. So we'll see that at the end of uh, this month. Are we going to see a hybrid then? Well, that, that's I mean, we've heard the rumblings. That, so we'll see a hybrid version of the F-150? Uh, they'll have it coming. I'm not entirely sure whether or not we'll see it at this reveal. They may try to stagger those reveals, but who knows? Does uh, Nissan stick with the Titan as a truck? I mean, it's it, it, the truck I had was was a fun truck, but man, how are you going to make any headway in this market with 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 the big three and the trucks they're cranking out right now? I think they've been contemplating uh, getting rid of it. Uh, I don't think they're at that point just yet. You know, again, they're still 
comes down to margin, comes down to the money they can make. For whatever uh, few vehicle sales they do have, uh, they can make some money on it. But you're right, they're not going to crack the market. It's a very, very niche sort of buyer here in the U.S. Is the Ridgeline a moneymaker for Honda? I would assume so. You do see them around. Yeah, I again, I'm not entirely sure there, but uh, it's, it's a three-company. Yeah, we're losing you on your phone there, Mike. We got we got we got to get you a better phone there, brother. Oh yeah, man, I'm sorry about this. <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. We got it. We got lots of good stuff. But we were saying, like, when it comes to Ridgeline, I, I see a lot of them, and it was one of when I put a video up of this thing a couple of years ago. It was the most viewed video I'd put on YouTube for the Ridgeline. Yeah, yeah, no. I think you know, you want to see what they're going to do, right? And yeah. I think the quality's gotten gotten a lot better. You mentioned the Titan. I think some of the previous generations or what they put out in the past. It's awesome. But again, you're not going to do anything. You're fighting for fourth place. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an inter- It's a really interesting platform, man. I'm curious to see how, what, what they're going to do with it. I hope they stick with it. Cause yeah, it's that city truck thing is definitely there. Michael Martinez, automotive news. Appreciate the time, buddy. And um, thank you for the insight on that, man. We'll, we'll keep an eye on what's going on over the next couple months. Thanks, sir. All right. There he goes. Michael Martinez. Sorry about the phone, guys, but hey, we had him on the phone there. A um, couple other notes to touch on real quick here before we wrap up this this uh, our podcast here. Um, and you can subscribe, by the way, bpodstudios.com. You can find us there and anywhere with podcasts. Um, there was an interesting thing with Roger Penske. So Roger Penske was asked on, and I couldn't get the audio. A.J. Allmendinger had him on his Brick to Brick podcast. Um, there were talk, Ferrari said that they were interested in racing that they were actually interested in the idea of uh, getting involved in IndyCar. And everyone went, oh, fine, it's just them, you know, throwing people off or whatever. Penske said he has had discussions with them. Now, it would be 2022 is when they get the new new racing package in IndyCar, but he said they have had discussions. So they're really contemplating this, which is amazing if you think about it. Um, The idea of having Ferrari come in as a third manufacturer, we all thought it was going to be Volkswagen or Ford was going to come back with McLaren or something like that, you know, uh, to do something. But man, if Ferrari's serious about it, so going to be interesting. It was good to see IndyCar back racing on uh, the last Saturday night, Scott Dixon winning. And um, those cars, man, still, I don't think those drivers felt too comfortable on that track. That was the first race they've had since, what, November? There was no rubber down on that track and not enough practice time to put in a groove, but they still drove the hell out of it. And then Kevin Harvick wins in Atlanta. If you're on a mile and a half track, who's the one NASCAR driver you take? One race. Is it Harvick? Is it Kyle Busch? Denny Hamlin? I don't know. I'll tell you who's really driving his ass off and not getting the results is Clint Boyer. You would think that Clint Boyer, man, he's he's right there. They're right there. Anyway, it's good to talk real racing. Cars and stuff, too. Again, thanks to our guest, Michael Martinez, Automotive News. Some insight into the Bronco. Okay, guys? So, uh, if you want to subscribe once again, sorry. I'm Cedar. I got the Bronco on the brain, dude. If you want to subscribe, bpodstudios.com, or just follow us there. You can hit me up locally on Twitter, at WCSXGM. That's where we're based here in the Motor City. That's how we get a lot of this insight and stuff. Uh, We're still going to talk about Apex, the guy who drove across the country in 32 hours. Seriously. Alex Roy, great guy. We're going to get him on soon. You guys be safe. Have fun.